This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. This is TK226. We've had a small band of rebels in Sector 2186. Alert Team Scarif. And would somebody please deactivate that blasted alarm? Lord Vader, we've alerted... The rebel incursion has compromised the Citadel. Yes. There are Imperial files that must not leave this facility. They will be neutralized, my lord. Good. Allow the rebels to access the control tower. I will deploy the garrison and deal with them myself. The Scarif podcast must be protected at all costs, Commander. Are those your orders, my lord? That is the scuttlebutt. Hello, Scuttle Buddies, and welcome to yet another fun-filled deep dive, quick cuts episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I am Ro, and uh, Quick Cuts is a series of shows designed to give you a quick taste of what's going on in our heads. I don't know if you want to be there, but here we are. So we got three topics, three takes, and a whole lot of fun. And joining me as usual to help me discuss these topics tonight, we got Shanti. How you doing, girl? Sleepy. It's been raining all day. I was actually in the dark for about two hours just now because oh, I wanted no. to walk. No, no, no. The lights were. Oh. The electricity was fine, but I'm gotcha. a weather nerd, so there was lightning. So I turned off all the lights <laughs> while I was watching House MD and had the blinds open so I can watch the lightning. I know that's I'm hilarious. <laughs> what a weather nerd! <laughs> it's funny the the weather guy the, uh, of the TV station that I work for is also. I mean, he's a big weather nerd. He gets really psyched about the uh the equipment that is used and he starts describing you know the uh the the software and this is the same equipment that the national weather service uses i'm like dude just tell me if it's raining man that's all i need to know (laughs) but uh yeah thank you uh for joining me tonight we have uh, a couple of great topics uh we got quite a list of topics i'm excited We pick a friend to join us on these shows. Last week, we had DJ from Rogue One Radio and Star Wars Through the Ages. That was a fun one. And tonight, we got another Red Fiver to regale us with his takes on all things nerd. Please welcome Sean, Mr. Techie himself. What's up, my friend? I'm very confused. I'm looking at the topic of quick cuts, and I thought I was coming here for lunch and a sandwich. And I'm very (laughs) disappointed that we're just talking about things in the Star Wars galaxy and beyond. I could definitely mail you uh, some soup and a salad if that's your uh, if that's your poison. But uh, no, my friend, we are talking nerd things. I really wanted a hot dog from the wiener circle. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so you made a reference to something really cool in Chicago. Shanti, do you know what the wiener circle is? If you don't, you got to YouTube it now. No, but my mind is going two different ways on that one. Uh, Of course it is. But, you know, (laughs) actually, I I think um, wasn't... 
there, obviously there's a lot of videos. Um, late Conan night O'Brien. Show. Conan, Conan O'Brien does Conan a, O'Brien. a skit. Yeah, he does yeah. with, uh, with uh, the dog. Yeah, um, so go ahead and look it yeah. up. Do Conan O'Brien oh, Wiener with Conan, Circle. With yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> and you would think that these people are are just making up an act, but nope. you talk about Friday night, you know, summer when all these drunk yuppies are in there getting their food. Um, it is true. Oh, to I life, know it's so. not an act. Conan would not plan these <laughs> yeah. things. I know that very I well. have a friend who taught in Philadelphia uh, as part of his his uh, graduate program, but he lives in Chicago. So I can oh. confirm that it's real. It do is not absolutely ask, fun. Do not ask for the chocolate milkshake. <laughs> this is getting really dirty. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, our first topic actually comes from uh, one of our very, uh, very dear friends of the podcast, Ali Kay. It really gave me pause. It uh, I, I thought about it a lot. I think uh, uh, it, it's it's kind of difficult because you know I'll, I'll ask the question so you guys know what I'm talking about. He wanted to uh, ask us in particular if we were able to have a sit down, either lunch or dinner with George Lucas. Um, what would we talk about? But there's a couple of stipulations. You can't talk about movies. You can't talk about Star Wars or anything that he's like super like famous uh, for. So I thought that was a really great question. Um, obviously, my love for George Lucas goes deep farther than just movies and Star Wars. Um, but everything that, you know, that, that he kind of like brings to the uh, to the arena when it comes to entertainment and nerd, you know, nerd uh, IPs and things like that. But I thought it was a really great question, and um, I wanted to start with you, Shanti. Uh, what type of conversation would you and uh, Mr. Lucas be having? I don't. I tried to really think about this one, but because I really only know him in the realm of movies, it was a little hard for me to think of a question. But um, a buddy of mine, Nick, on Twitter actually uh, said something that I thought was actually really interesting, which was I would. I, which I agree with, I guess I would like to know what he would have done had he not actually gotten into movies. What kind of a career would he have wanted? What profession would he have uh, gotten into had wow. he not been a director? So I thought that was actually a really interesting question. Absolutely. And I know from reading, uh, there's a an unofficial autobiography that was released uh, several years ago called Skywalking. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, you know, he tells, they tell the tale of him growing up and his father was a businessman and uh, he, his father wanted him to get into the uh, paper sales business, I think, something like that. And, you know, George obviously didn't want to do that. You know, we talked I, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how, right. you know, your parents, your mom mm-hmm. didn't want, um, you know, whatever, but uh, being an actress, uh, yeah. actor. Um, so it, it it's definitely... You know, it's definitely kind of a switch for him, but that would be really interesting. And then kind of knowing everything that he has contributed to filmmaking, I think that would be um, that definitely would be kind of like an alternate universe type of thing. Because if George didn't get into movie making and creating this myth that is part of, (laughs) of, you know, of of history, I I think that would be a, a fascinating discussion. What would you think he would say? I don't even, I honestly don't even know. I really don't. I mean, 
He loves that Skywalker ranch of his. So I wonder, would he have done something <laughs> with animals of some sort? I mean, I'm not and sure, especially he if he didn't want to get Northern California, yeah. you know. Um, Maybe he would have had a vineyard. I don't know. You know, his his friends have vineyards. I don't know if he has a vineyard. I know uh, Francis Ford Coppola has a vineyard. Mm-hmm. You go to uh, Whole Foods and look up uh, Coppola Winery and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get your uh, get yourself a, a nice bottle of red. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's an interesting, it would definitely be an interesting conversation for me. Uh, an interesting uh, uh, dinner, yeah. dinner date with Mr. <laughs> Lucas. Sean, what about you? Well, I, I'll be the first to admit that I'm a bad Star Wars fan because I wouldn't be able to tell you the history of George Lucas. You're dead I, to me. And I know that he wore a plaid shirt. <laughs> there you I go. know that he wore jeans. I know that he was involved in a big movie. But, but the, you know, American Graffiti and stuff like that and, and all that good stuff. But, like, what influenced him, I wouldn't know. And I would be bad at the trivia. But I start to, to think about the high school of George Lucas. Him as a high school student, right? Because I'm a high school teacher, right? So if I'm teaching George Lucas, what are my interactions with him? Okay, there's no way he had friends, right? He was like a savant. And he had these big ideas and he probably was a, a recluse. And again, I don't know any of the history. I could be way off, but I could see him sort of, you know, in that time when when you could probably get hit in high school, you know, be bullied. He's probably being bullied every day, you know, and and he that he probably had all these influences of of being a hero in his brain but didn't have the body or the confidence in high school to do it. And now when he's swimming through his pool of cash, he thinks back to those high school times and he goes, gotcha. <laughs> exactly. That's what I think about. Like, so I would want to ask him about his high school years. That's, that's the answer to the question and, and what, where his brain was at and, and, you know, you know, what did he do? You know, was he was he like Alan Parrish? Yeah. Going to the shoe factory in Jumanji on his bicycle getting bullied. You know, like that's a parallel I see him as, you know, kind of that nerd, you know, person. Did he come from money? You know, what was his parents like? You know, did was he involved in in any activity? I'm curious. I want to know the psyche of it all and how it all led down the the path to where he got to. I think that'd be a cool conversation to have. And I don't know if that Skywalking biography, biopic, whatever it was, covers all of that. But that's that's kind of the things that I would like to think about. So I, I think you just described the um, the theoretical, uh, I guess, plot of an independent film called uh, George Lucas in Love. And if you are ever bored in front of a computer and you want to check out uh, a really cool little fan film uh, about George Lucas and, and his inspiration, it's all tongue in cheek, but it's done very, very well. Mm. Look up George Lucas in love. I have it on VHS. It's such a, it's such a great little, you know, it's like maybe 17 minute movie. And it gives you kind of a step-by-step of him in, in college writing you know the greatest american novel 
and he gets he keeps getting interrupted by his college buddies and friends and he has to leave his dorm and go study somewhere else but within that little adventure that little film you see all these inspirations for what ended up to you know to be star wars so he had like a uh, a friend uh that wore her hair kind of weird and she kind of walked past him every time and and uh he studied he studied at an oak tree and behind the the tree was you know it looked like dagobah from the empire strikes back so it's little things like that 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 uh that that film you know kind of deals with and it's really cool so if you guys ever look at look mm. up uh george lucas in love it's uh like i said it's it's done uh really really well and i love it's one of my favorite little kind of indie sleeper hits um, but for me, I think, you know, because of my interest in how he injected all of the mythology into star Wars. And one of the biggest reasons that star Wars to this day has all this staying power. I would definitely like to talk to him about, um, you know, his thoughts on, on mythology per se and anthropology. I know he was a big, you know, um, student of anthropology and mythology and how humans relate to each other. Uh, so we see a lot of that in star Wars, obviously the, between the relationships of the characters in the film. But to me, I think that's a fascinating thing to kind of take that realm of human study and then put it in this, you know, this, this fantasy film, um, especially now, because if it was kind of like a one and done, then, it would have been kind of like a, a, a thought experiment that just didn't work, but we are still talking about it 40 plus years later, something clicked in that film uh, to spawn, you know, I don't know how many countless, you know, podcasts of star Wars there are, but uh, there's a boatload of them. And I think, you know, it really has to do with, you know, we talk about it all the time. It, it has to do not with the spaceships and laser swords, but just kind of the, the, the communication, the, the mythology and the relationships between the characters um, that kind of hit home. I think each, if you ask somebody out on the street somewhere, you know, somebody will always be able to relate to some aspect of a star Wars character. And I think it's uh, because of George Lucas's universal themes in the movie that intrigued me and uh, that he was able to pull from, from mythology, both mythology that is, you know, based on fiction and legend and mythology that is based on, you know, our own, you know, religious, um, you know, overtones and, and the mythology within that. So I, I find that fascinating. And I think, uh, you know, I probably, you know, order three desserts just to kind of slow down the conversation, <laughs> and get that going. Maybe I get them drunk too. Oh, <laughs> I'd like to see that because I was going to say um, to tack on to what Sean was talking about and, you know, maybe trying to see what his childhood was like and being in high school and if he was bullied and stuff like that. If there is one thing that I've always felt that I've noticed about George Lucas is that I do think he comes off very serious. And I would like to mm. know if he has any kind of personality, if he has a sense of humor, because I'm sorry to say this, Roe, but it's always been kind of said throughout Hollywood that he's a little bit of a dick. So I would want to know if that's actually true or if he's just a really reserved person and 
because I know I've, you know, have people made that misconception about me because I can be a little bit introverted and shy. And I know you guys are seeing different on Twitter, but believe me, I don't be surprised if I shut down when I come up to Chicago next weekend, because (laughs) that's just the way that I am. I'm a very observant person. So I want to know, is he, is he really like how he comes off, you know, like that? Or does he open up a little bit more when you're one-on-one, which is kind of how I am? That's a great question. That's what I would like to know. Further thoughts about uh, conversing with the maker here. We uh, had some really, you know, great uh, focused, uh, you know, ideas here. I, I think this, uh, those are really cool. And from this end, friend, <laughs> I liked everything we were saying. Absolutely. All right. And Shanti, I know you mentioned that uh, Chicago trip. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, just a reminder, you know, we're going to be releasing this episode this week on Thursday. So that means that uh, we're very close to uh, July 10th, Saturday, mm-hmm. which uh, happens to be uh, our fun little get-together known as ScarifCon 2021. Uh, three years in a row, I'm very surprised and actually really humbled that all these people are heading to Chicago to kind of hang out with uh, the folks uh, here at uh, Scarf Scuttlebutt Podcast. The folks. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, let me tell you, there's a lot of Red Fivers heading to Chicago and uh, friends of Red Five. And I am uh, I'm actually tickled pink. This We're is uh, going to be a... <laughs> going to be an awesome uh, opportunity we're going to obviously hang out with dominic pace he was gecko the bounty hunter from the mandalorian uh on saturday july 10th uh we will be able to stream uh some segments from the actual event just to kind of uh, talk to people that are there and if you can't make it make sure to subscribe to us on youtube scare of podcast hit the notification bell and do all that wonderful stuff that uh, we don't do often enough. But I know Sean uh, mm. loves that YouTube, right, Sean? Mm. <laughs> mm. Two away from 240, and I couldn't be more pissed about it. Uh, I will be <laughs> tuning in to Scarif uh, on the YouTube because I will not be going out to Chicago, mainly mm. because my wife would kill me. Thank you. <laughs> well, we want we want to keep you alive, Sean. So uh, YouTube, it'll be. Thank you very Indeed. much. <laughs> What was the second? What was the second? Uh, uh, four cons. about the bad batch. <laughs> four, oh, that's four right. Oh, that's right. We yeah, all know. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Second topic. We all know. By the way, I have the email pulled up right here because I'm a good student. <laughs> Got the notes in front of me. You sent them to me. Then you said you were going to send a second email. You never did. It's fine. Okay. So I brought up the first email. Good. Okay. Good. Good. Why don't you go ahead and introduce that second topic, Sean? Well, friends, our second topic is the opposite of what they would call a retcon. And retcons have been uh, ever-present in all storylines, especially when it came to the EU. Going forward, going backward, you know, it doesn't really fit. Actually, Marvel does it a lot. When something's not fitting right, they'll try to shoehorn in something and make it work. But what we have in the Star Wars universe is a very unique situation. We have a stuck storyline and i'm talking about the skywalker saga 
And then we have these offshoots, Rogue One, Bad Batch, Clone Wars, that are trying to fit uh, a piece of string inside a needle, which would be a thread. And they're trying to make it all make sense. But now we have this new topic where we're telling stories from the past that never existed before to try to make stories in the future make sense. Huh. Hence the <laughs> forward con. And that's very interesting because not everybody's on the same page here. Or they're trying to appease the crowd while pissing off the other crowd and trying to go back and forth in this ever uh, tennis match yeah. of likes versus dislikes. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the different ideas surrounding forward cons and how stories like The Bad Batch and Mandalorian are bringing characters back like Boba Fett mm -hmm. and introducing new characters like Omega. That is now related to Boba Fett. So if you don't think Omega is going to show up in Mandalorian carrying Grogu on her back with force powers, you're crazy. <laughs> that definitely, uh, you know, I was thinking about that because I, I, you know, ever since the Mandalorian started, we know the time frame of where the events of the Mandalorian happened. You know, a mm -hmm. couple of years after Return of the Jedi, we know what Five. happened. We, yeah, <laughs> we know exactly what happened. We, we know the events that happened in Return of the Jedi. It ended. We waited. More Star Wars came out. Yep. And then the sequel trilogy came out. They happened. And then there was a little, there was a little, uh, you know, little controversy there. Lots. But then, but then we, yeah. But then we got the Mandalorian. And then, uh, you know, halfway into, maybe probably more than halfway into season one, you know, we start getting these threads um, mm. that um, make it seem like the events in The Mandalorian might connect to the sequel trilogy, especially some of the threads that were not really tugged at in the sequel mm. trilogy, like who is Snoke mm. or um, where did these Knights of Ren come from mm. and, you know, stuff like that. So we get these stories now that are part of the mythos that are trying to set up and or explain things that we already know. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, at the end of rise of Skywalker, we know what happens. Ray becomes this. She hears the voices of those people, uh, everything, you know, everyone lives happily ever after Palpatine dies spoilers. And uh, so there you go. But then you got the Mandalorian who comes in, we get some story threads that are vaguely familiar. You got, uh, you know, clones in a jar that look very familiar to Snoke in a jar from rise of Skywalker. Are they connected? The questions start to, you know, really, uh, ramp up. So I'm thinking, are, are they actually going to, to help explain the sequel trilogy and all this, what, you know, what's going on there. And I, I, I'm, I always try to figure out like, what, what does it all mean? Because we know what happens at the, at the very far end of this, this, uh, this roller coaster ride, but why is it important to tell this story other than to kind of tie things together? And my follow-up question is, will that satisfy the people that weren't satisfied uh, when the sequel trilogy was complete? Um, 
I'm going to say a, uh, a hearty no. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, you know, the case is definitely going to be made that shows like, you know, the Mandalorian shows like the Bad Batch are definitely setting up those uh, scenarios that will help explain or forward con, if you will, uh, versus the retcon, uh, forward con, some of the concepts that we uh, have seen in the sequel trilogy. So, Chantel, my question for both you guys, I guess, is uh, why do this? Why, why do this now? And wouldn't it be easier to have had some sort of plan to kind of maybe, uh, I don't know, make the puzzle pieces fit better before having to rely on forward conning. They're doing it to save their ass. They're doing it to save their ass. Yeah, Yeah. but again, the sequel trilogy is done. It is what it is. Yeah. And now we're seeing this, and obviously people are enjoying the hell out of The Mandalorian. They're enjoying the hell out of uh, Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's probably, you know, the best Star Wars uh, that has you know, fans really, you know, fans universally kind of like, you know, love it. It's not a us versus them thing. Everybody seems to have loved Grogu, uh, the Mandalorian, everything that happened there. Um, But it's, to me, it's interesting. It's like, what does all this mean? We know what happens over there. Is, is it in, is it as important to see it now play out? What do you guys think? Not to me. Not to me. I don't think there is anything that you can give me in The Mandalorian or The Bad Batch to excuse the disaster of that sequel trilogy. Now, but that's also, ex- that's extreme. But I feel deeply like that, though. When, yeah. I, when I feel something about something like that, then that's it. Like, I close the door on it. There's no going back. You're you're blacklisted. Like, that. that's it. You know what I mean? Like, the sequel trilogy to me was such a disaster, and I can't stand it so much that I really don't think there is anything that you're going to be able to do to explain everything that's going to make me say oh okay this is great now no i don't care and particularly like you said with the whole snoke thing he i don't care i don't i really don't care i don't that was such a waste of a character we know what happens there's no mystery so what's the point it almost goes harkens back to what we were talking about like with the villains and stuff with cruella we know what happens with cruella we know what she wants to do do i really give a shit about what happened to her beforehand to try explain everything not really i mean it was entertaining but i really don't i really don't care interesting i'm feisty today i'm sorry she <laughs> is she <laughs> is that's fine uh for me I mean, my opinion on the sequel trilogy, I was I was really amped up for Force Awakens, as most people were. Sure. All right, I saw it seven times in theaters. Over so the, did I! Over the cor- <laughs> Shut up, this is my show. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, which, is, which is incredible. I saw it with different people. I saw it with my nieces. I saw it with, with friends. You know, like watching them watch the movie was really entertaining for me. Uh, I saw Last Jedi twice. One, you know regular with my dad actually it was a cool two double feature force awakens right into last jedi which is awesome because you have the wonderful cliffhanger and i remember walking out of that movie just going it sure was a different feeling movie i didn't hate it i didn't love it i didn't know how i felt about it and i watch it the second time with a notepad and pen pen as i'm writing down notes and i'm going there's a lot of interesting things around here and then i eventually 
graded it scene by scene on one of my earlier podcasts and graded it at a at a 70 and in my class that passes and i literally i had 56 different scenes that i graded this on like this was a good scene or this was a bad scene and it just passed i haven't done it for any of the other movies just yet but i wanted to do that because it was so divisive you know i was like where where do i stand rise of skywalker for me I was excited for it because I'm like, all right, we've got a year gap. What are they going to do with the story? Let's figure it out. First wait, first time I saw it four times in theaters. First time through, I was highly entertained. Second and third time in, I was going, there's a lot missing here. Fourth time in, I go, there is there is holes in this story. <laughs> I was entertained, but but there was holes. And then when you look at it as a collective, you just go, no one talked to each other. That's it. I mean, somebody was writing over here while someone was writing over there, and they just never communicated. And so so the what you're saying, Chantal, you're right. It just didn't work. Force Awakens did a great job of setting up the nostalgia of Star Wars. Great. Love Force Awakens. You know. Last Jedi was a complete shift in the the feeling of it that I didn't mind because it was like, all right, well, it's still better than Attack of the Clones, which was kind of a downer, you know, but it just, you know, it the flavor of it didn't continue. And, and then, you know, Twitter got involved and whatever. So how are they going to fix it? Right. So they have to fix it without egg in their face and going, yes, we're going to redo them like it, it'll never be done. Well, could they redo the sequel trilogies? Like, I don't know. I've read Duel of the Fates, the entire script that was leaked uh, for what was supposed to be Rise of Skywalker was supposed to be Duel of the Fates. I've read the entire thing. Had some really cool points in it. Um, not everything hit for me, but I found it to be a better story that that bled off of Last Jedi versus kind of like this one-year flip around, and now it's like we're watching... A different franchise almost yeah so then you know mandalorian comes out and there's definitely threads as you say season two you see the transports coming down same very similar to first order transports i'm into that i like the idea that the empire is still around but they're not around i like the idea that they're they're hiding in plain sight they're still the authority there was even a game on mobile uh that was it was out for a while. It was like one of those grindy RPG games, and it took place on a planet, a note, I think. And the they had holograms of the Emperor continuing to rule. But this took place post Return of the Jedi. But so the Empire was still in rule, but there were these little rebel factions that you had to defeat the Empire in it. And that was a canon for a while that like the Empire really didn't go away. And that's kind of why I like the time after Return of the Jedi. Because like how many people know Darth Vader died? Right. Not many. Right. Right. So like he, he's still a legend out there. It, it all mm-hmm. makes sense. Luke's literally the only one who knows he died. You know, he's the only one who knows that he was redeemed. You know, so like when they announced a comic series called Shattered Empire, which is like a four comic series, like minutes after that Death Star explodes, I'm like, I'm in on this story because I want to know exactly what happened. After the fact, because we never got those stories. 1986, boom, done. And then we went backwards, you know, so we never really went forward. And I never really got into the EU. I never really knew where to start because there was no 
storyline. I'm a timeline guy. I like seeing like this goes here and this goes there. That's why MCU kind of all made sense because they're like, this is what we're doing. Bang, 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 bang. Then we're going here. Then we're going there. And there's little things that connect because they all sat down in a room and they talked to each other. Mm -hmm. And they said, you can do this idea. You can do this. Stay away from this idea. We're going to reveal that later. But, and I'll end this with this, but they had all the source material in front of them. There is no source material for Star Wars. For the movies, I mean. Like the last Jedi had to be last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker had to be written. There's nothing that it was based off of. All the Marvel movies, like all the super nerds, like my friend Ben, knew what was gonna happen. Right. And still went to the theater four or five times to see it. <laughs> right? Sure. We're in an uncharted territory with the sequel trilogy, with the prequels, because there was no source material. Novelizations don't count. Okay, that's a that's a cheat code to add in more detail than you need to because you couldn't fit it into the floor. I get that. That's fine. But what I can say is with the High Republic, they're following the Marvel formula where they're releasing all of this source material. You might not be reading it. I'm reading the comics. I'm reading the books. I'm reading the junior novels. And in eight years, they're going to announce the first High Republic movie or TV show. And it's going to have that source material to go off of and it's going to be an infinitely better storyline for mass production. So they're backpedaling right now. And is it appropriate? In some instances. Uh, I don't like the Amiga storyline. Didn't like it day one. I don't need a, another clone who probably has force powers, who probably will then connect to Palpatine mm -hmm. to fix a gap that was created because no one talked to each other. So I'm right with you, Chantel, on that. Like, I, like I'm, I've kind of made my decision on that. You, you can't fix it. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll accept the change, the forward con, um, but it's kind of like, yeah, a little too late. Mm -hmm. My birthday was yesterday, yep. and you're giving me the card today. Yep. It doesn't make sense. You know, so that's kind, of, that's kind of where I stand, you know? That's a perfect analogy. Thank you. I'm a teacher. By, You're welcome. I'm a teacher by trade. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it's probably something that us nerds, us Star Wars nerds specifically, will argue till the, the you know till the end of time. Just the. You know, obviously the, the, the article that came out uh, that had J.J. kind of, you know, lily foot around the, the, the idea that the sequel trilogy wasn't planned. I mean, he didn't specifically say that, but he did say that, you know, there should have been some sort of, you know, planning. But he didn't come out right out and say, we didn't plan the sequel trilogy and we should have. But it was, it was pretty inferred. Um, and you can tell. I mean not to harp on this subject but you can definitely tell but you know for the most part i i i, I find the forward conning um like you said you know that they're trying to, to to save their asses uh and i like you sean i will accept what's going to happen in the bad batch i'm enjoying the the the, the animated show uh, you know, for many reasons, I, uh, you guys know that I'm a behind the scenes technical guy. I love the animation. I love the production value. The music is fantastic. 
Um, you know, and, and I really don't think the, the, the story is, uh, is all that bad. Like you said, I'm, I'm going to accept it mm-hmm. and, um, you know, eagerly awaiting, uh, you know, Star Wars, the rest of the Star Wars stuff that's going to happen on the small screen. And uh, we'll go from there. Um, as far as the sequel trilogy, you know, as a company, I don't think, you know, I, I probably would have uh, a little bit more respect for Disney if they said, you know what? We tried something with different directors and handing off the baton and it didn't work. We apologize. They're never going to say that, but I think I would have actually more respect for them if they did. And they did fess up to the fans and say, look, we tried something. It didn't work. Let's get back to business. Hey, what's up, podcast family? Ro here. Just wanted to give our patrons a heartfelt thank you. Wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew, Alex and Matt, super fan of many of the pods on the Red 5 Network, Backyard Tardis, Nicholas Schaefer, what's up Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, Jay from Florida, and our newest patron, Frank V. Big thanks and a returning patron in the Executor tier, 97 Bravo, huge respect my friend, we thank you all for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. So this is in no means of saying that I that I am personally fed up with it because I can't get enough, obviously. But um, uh, there's being on Instagram and stuff like that. There's just been so many announcements of all the Marvel movies that are coming to us and just seeing so many Marvel movies. And I was just wondering, like, where it's starting to get so flooded that I wonder at what point. Other, you know, I'm taking nerds out of the equation because there are other people that exist in this in this world. What? At what? I know. At what point is it really just going to become too much and just completely implode? Because me, especially that I'm just a movie lover in general, while I love having all of these Marvel movies and Star Wars movies and DC movies in the theater, I also kind of miss seeing other movies in the theater as well so i'm just kind of wondering are we actually heading for like an implosion or that you know i sometimes feel like i do see some people saying like this is like the only thing that's in the theaters anymore is there anything else i mean i'm just wondering especially with so many well-known actors that i never thought i would see in these marvel movies are now coming over so i'm just wondering like you know are are, are we headed for an implosion? Are we like, are people eventually going to get sick of it? Not us, but just in general, where, right. you know what I mean? Where the studios are going to be like, maybe we should taper it back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I never would have imagined that we would see Robert Redford in a superhero movie. Never. Or Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael Douglas. <laughs> I mean, these are, you know, power hitters. And I think it kind of, uh, you know, it tells you a little something about the, you know, I can be cynical and say, look, they just they wanted a paycheck. Marvel is hitting it out of the park and they wanted to be part of the the cash cow. And I, I, I get that. But I, I also want to be uh, the type of moviegoer that uh, that can say, you know, that these actors are really 
liking what uh, what superheroes are doing or representing. You've, you've got, uh, you know, the, the Batman films that are, mm-hmm. you know, a lot different than the Batman films of the, uh, you know, of the um, 80s and 90s uh, with Joel Schumacher and the latex nipples and things like that. So You just love um, throwing that in my face, I don't you? I love it. <laughs> you love talking about those bat nipples, don't you? <laughs> By the way, fun um, fun fact: the only re- the only reason why Michael Douglas and Robert Redford did those movies is because they wanted to have something that their grandchildren can watch, and especially, that's okay. Especially Michael Douglas, since his entire filmography in the '90s is almost essentially porn, so he wanted to <laughs> give something his kids to watch and his grandkids. So that's why he, they did these movies, which is fine. I think that's yeah. great. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I don't know a lot of regular people that are not nerds. So what you said to me, uh, what you said just now a couple of minutes ago regarding uh, hearing the the talk amongst regular film goers that there's just, just too much nerd. <laughs> yeah, it just it, it doesn't jive with me. I'm like, what? Who are you? Who, who are these people? Uh, but what, what do you think, Sean? Too much nerd out in the real world? Well, I can tell you. <laughs> That if the AMC A-list premiere monthly subscription existed when I was in college, which was not that long ago, between the years of 2007 and 2010, that they would have lost money on me and my friends as we would have went to the movies all week watching these movies, you know, watching these movies if, if, you know, that happened during that time. I mean, you're talking about a 10-year... If you're talking, I'm, I'm assuming you're really talking about Marvel, you know, with the, the superhero movies, because I mean, the the Batman trilogy with Christopher Nolan is is cinema. It's a good. These are good movies, top to bottom. Yes. Okay. Now, Scorsese, if you remember back in November of 2019, because I just looked it up on an article, said <laughs> that the Marvel superhero movies are not cinema. Yes. Right. And I would agree with him because not I and I don't know this for a fact, but like, did Chris Evans win a win an Oscar for playing Captain America? No. Maybe Robert Downey Jr. could have won one or been nominated for playing Iron Man. Maybe, you know, but these are not movies that people go to Sundance for. Mm -mm. You know, these are movies that people go to see big action you know, uh, what were terrible big action movies that turned a lot of people off? Transformers. Mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious has started going mm-hmm. action spy. You know, there's a lot of things of that nature. I'm a big movie goer, you know, back in the day. You know, Harry Potter. Would be would Harry Potter be considered cinema? Or would it be considered more marvel-y? Right. Great question. You know, because there's great themes in Harry Potter. And they were great movies i don't think there's the only two stinkers in the harry potter franchise are the first two movies mm-hmm. but they were also pegged at 10 year olds right then it got dark and that's when it got good you know from three through 7.2 mm-hmm. uh so and by the way i was a total nerd in harry potter 7 when things didn't line up in the book as it should have been seen on screen. So like, that was my level of Harry Potter knowledge. Like I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. That's not where the wand goes like on the screen, speaking <laughs> to it. Like, mean? no, 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 this is not how it happened, yeah, I'm a big Harry you Potter know, in the book. Yeah. So 
where is it going? Okay, we got phase four happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now that the main people are being phased out, for the most part, mm-hmm. the people that the common mass media people will know, Captain America, Iron Man, all that. Right. How are they supposed to keep our interest? Well, will I see this Black Widow movie? Likely. Will I see it in theaters? Maybe. You know, my friends don't live too far. So I'm either going by myself at 9.30 p.m. Right. while we're recording, you know, or I'm going to go catch it on like a morning. Because my wife is not the the nerd that you think she is. She's kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like, I want her to see the last... She's never seen The Last Jedi. I want her to watch The Last Jedi as a non-Star Wars person. Don't you love her? Why would you want very, to do that? Very much. Okay, <laughs> let me say, my sisters are not Star Wars people. They love The Last Jedi. Really? Non-Star Wars people not taking it seriously right. liked the movie, right? <laughs> right. That's just facts, right? That's That's my sisters, okay? She hasn't seen it. I'm curious to see what she would say. Like, do you like it? Do you not like it? Anyway, so she enjoys, like, you know, she enjoys the movie behind her phone. So she doesn't catch all the things. And I'm like, did you see that? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, that's, you're going to, that's, that's <laughs> a big deal. You know, like, you missed it. So, so if I asked her, like, do you think there's too many Marvel movies out there? I think she would say, I don't care. Hmm, sure. You know, and, and for me, I think the more, the merrier to a point. Like WandaVision was risky, loved it. Great. Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier wasn't risky, decent, not as good as WandaVision, in my opinion. Uh, Loki, super wacky, dealing with time travel, digging it. Yep. Right. I'm digging it right now. Because these are stories that I don't know just yet. I don't I don't do the research. I watch them blind, you know, and it's all it's all wonderful. Yeah. Um, but is it oversaturated? Ah. Uh, I'm just wondering because yeah, uh, well, like when the first Wonder Woman movie came out and then Oscar time rolled around and the nominations were being announced, I mean, people were so pissed off that Gal Gadot did not get a nomination. And I'm like, all right, Why? look, I love that movie. <laughs> but I was like, really? You really think she deserves an Oscar nomination for playing Wonder Woman? I mean, she was good, but you're just saying that because you love the movie. But if you're really looking at it from an acting standpoint, I'm like, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I think the third act of Wonder Woman stunk. I was like, no. The the beginning of the movie, the middle of the movie was great, but they, and I read on this, was it Patty Jenkins who directed that? Yeah. They mm-hmm. uh, Warner Brothers made her change the end of the movie These to studios, fit a mass audience. Like she had something else in mind. And I, this is what I read. And again, don't quote me, source it yourself. Yeah. But I think she said, this is why Wonder Woman 1984 was sort of more, thematic and kind of longish and uh, uh, lots of exposition and lots Mm -hmm. of things happening because i think warner brother i think they 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 let off the pedal a little bit and let the creative director right do the movie versus kind of putting in a no 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 you need a big boss battle at the end because we've seen this in marvel and they do that (laughs) so you need to do that too i'm pretty sure that's kind of how it went down and and I remember just like the third act falling flat, like oh, so he's just a he's just Loki. Yeah, I mean, that's just what he, that's just what he is. Like, he's got the horns and he's yeah. got powers. Like okay, cool. But uh, I mean, eighty four was fine. It was just very long. There was probably twenty two minutes I could have been cut out, but it was yeah. it was good. I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, I enjoyed the, I the mall scene was but... awesome. 
loved it. Don't understand the timeline of it all and how it all fits together, but yeah. again, they've they're they're a total total disaster over in the the DC universe right now. Total disaster. They've got no idea what what how they can imagine imagine being just DC fans, and oh you're looking God. at all the Star Wars fans like bitching and complaining, right? And you're like, well, at least you have stories that kind of fall in a timeline. We don't <laughs> even know what's happening. <laughs> you know? Well, you got another uh, you got another aspect of DC fans mm. the uh, the Snyder uh, the Snyder Cut fans. Uh, yeah, that's a, thought, a whole different can of worms. Yeah, I thought Snyder Cut was cool. I like I like a cool four hour cinematic experience that I watched over five days. Yeah. Oh really? Am I the only yeah. one who literally like watched it? No, like, I can't. I, I, I have kids. Like, I, like, I can't. Oh no, never. You know mind. what I mean? Like you're, it's you're like it's exception. like an hour, an hour here, an hour there, and like uh, like I appreciated the parts. I'm like, oh, it's a natural break. All right, right. Let me go see if they're breaking anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we talked about how it's uh, really cool to be a nerd nowadays. We're getting, obviously, a lot of content, uh, whether whether we want it or not. But, um, you know, the, and I guess this 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 question would be probably a whole nother podcast. But, you know, we're we're there's kind of churning all this stuff out and because uh, they want our you know, they want our money. They want uh, the box office to, to be hearty and healthy. Um, sometimes I think at the expense of, you know, a good story or at the and expense of exactly. Yeah. That's so, my worry. You know, you're trying to we, pump uh, out so much now. Right. To the point where yeah. eventually you're going to compromise. So water down. Yes. And then yeah. I want to know if people are going to go anymore. Well, how you like this for being oversaturated? So now I've, I mentioned earlier the high Republic. Now the wave wave two of high Republic started today mm -hmm. so it's a new collection of adult novels two junior novels another uh, continuing the series of comics so my my second adult novel is coming in the mail i think it's coming tomorrow or in a couple days or whatever and i'll start reading into that and people but the advanced people get so many advanced reviews on tw twitter and stuff like look at my advanced review of rising storm why would i ever read your review if i didn't read the book <laughs> Why would right. I ever do yeah. that? Don't even yeah. post that. Like, give me two weeks to like get through this book. Right. But there's like four or five different book publishers that have different covers for the book. So if you buy it from this publisher, it's a different cover. If you buy it from that publisher, it's a different cover. It's the same story. It's literally a different cover. One of the cool things that I did just for the first time, it was 50 bucks. I bought two copies of Light of the Jedi, one from Amazon and then one from the author himself who signed the book. Nice. Right through his, you know, online store. And I thought that was cool. Like just like as a cool little thing to have and like never open and just like whatever. And lo and behold, all the authors are doing it. So I guess it's not that cool. <laughs> you know, so I mean, that's oversaturation of the market. I mean, they're trying, they're they're so you, you should just go to Barnes and Nobles or Borders mm -hmm. or, or Books a Million or whatever just to get your book. And now, like, I feel bad buying from Amazon. I kind of want to buy it from the small bookstore sure. uh, for that. Um, yeah. So, you know, will that be over? We see again. I don't know. Are you following any High Republic stuff, Chantel or, no, or Ro? No, mm -mm. no. Okay, no, so you, you like, I don't go uh, outside the movies. This is all new. Right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is. Yeah. What do you mean Yoda's in this? What do you mean he's main? Okay. <laughs> 
Just kidding. I mean, he's in it, but he's kind of he's like whispered in. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yoda! Yoda's on the High Council, but we—he's allowed to do whatever he wants. That's basically what Yoda's doing right now. <laughs> he can do whatever he feels like doing, and we're not—we're just gonna let him go. So, but it's—it's it's, there's some compelling storylines coming down the road here, and it's gonna look. I mentioned this in, in a previous podcast. It's gonna look fantastic on screen with the descriptions that I'm getting. Jedi lightsaber holsters. Nice. Right? Interesting. Um, Lightsaber whips, like the different Mm -hmm. uses of the lightsaber technology. One has a way to, to like, release the plasma and create this whipping mechanism to slash around corners. It's crazy. Like, it's a lot of cool stuff if you accept weird and wacky. Sure. If you're a traditionalist, oh, no, that has to be a thin stick. Right. (laughs) It has to be a thin stick or it doesn't count. Well, then... Mm. And then why did you even watch Rebels with the Inquisitors that had helicopter lightsabers? Huh. Right? I just want to point out, when you said uh, lightsaber whips, I noticed Shanti's glinter in her eye. <laughs> just want to it. put it out there. Knock it off. <laughs> this isn't Rachel's YouTube. Okay, so. <laughs> right. That's after this. Very cool stuff. Sean, I want to thank you for joining us tonight on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, our uh, wonderful Quick Cuts episodes. And uh, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much. Where can folks find you if they want to hang out with you on the tubes? Thank you so much for having me, Rowan Chantel. This was a fun time. Uh, You can catch me at extratechie.com. Extra Techie all over the social medias. What? It's not a Star Wars thing? No, I'm a variety person. I get bored of things, so I like to dabble in a lot of different things from tech to Legos, to how-tos, to stupid TikTok videos, to Lego builds, to gaming. Uh, You can catch me on YouTube live, usually starting around 9.30, echo-free these days. You haven't haven't showed up in a while, Scarif, so you don't know this. We have been, I've isolated the issue. I knew, I know what it is. But what I've been recently doing is going about 90 minutes on YouTube to start off and then flipping over to Twitch to play some games uh, just to kind of spread the platforms out that's actually the best strategy you can do if you want to uh, increase your audience is to be present on all platforms at all times uh in a 72 hour day because 24 (laughs) hours is not enough time to do any of this so thank you for having me extra techie i'm here to help you if you have any tech issues also thank you uh chantel where can people find you forever on twitter (laughs) (laughs) that's my home absolutely and uh this is your home here at the scare of scuttlebutt podcast i hope you guys had a great time don't forget to give us a follow grab our podcast wherever you get your podcast we are on pandora apple music spotify stitcher give us a follow and tell a friend also, don't forget, we've got a T Public site. Come and get your Scare of Scuttlebutt swag. We also have a lot of Red 5 merchandise on there from some of the other podcasts that we uh, are part of the Red 5 family. 
We love our Red 5 family, and um, we are releasing this show. The, what do you? Today is what? I don't even know what day it is. Today is Tuesday. what? Wednesday? Tuesday, good. 629. <laughs> 629 Tuesday. Today, you're listening to the show on Thursday. This is Ro Chantel Sean signing off. Brad, I hope you're safe wherever you are, and that's the scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>